Oh, how it's good to be back. Hello, everyone. Thanks for coming and join me here on another episode of Armchair Reviews. My name is Chris Godden. Holy shit, it's been a while. Good God. It's been about a month since we last had a conversation. What's been going on with me? I've been all over the place. Shit. I took a big step in uh, the work field. Uh, as some of you may have been following myself on the Instagram at Christopher Gods, by the way. It's been quite a trip. <laughs> I'm doing some work training down here in Quebec, but <clears throat> I actually drove all across Canada. I left Yellowknife, I think March 1st, and took about six days, I think, for the, the drive down here. I went all the way from Yellowknife to Edmonton to Calgary, Calgary to Regina, Regina to Thunder Bay, and then Thunder Bay to Ottawa for a weekend before coming into Quebec to, to start this training. It was crazy. So I've been very, very busy. Uh, big changes for me. Um, James is still back up in Yellowknife for all you loyal listeners. And I don't know if I'm going to be going back to Yellowknife, to be honest with you. This this new employment of mine will most likely put me anywhere in Canada. That's a good chance for that. So we'll see. But I have all this equipment with me. I brought it with me because I want to keep this puppy going. It's my baby. Got to keep it going. So I finally have time here. Um, let's get right to it, guys. Shit, I've been watching a couple things here and there, but I just haven't had time to actually press the record button. I'm going to be doing this one by myself. Hopefully I can get some people on here as guests uh, moving forward. Um, maybe maybe Rob Carl. I think he was on a couple episodes before and maybe some new future coworkers of mine as well will, will join me here. But that being said, let's get up to what I've been watching recently. Now, normally what I do is I do this shit at the end. I usually talk about like, oh, what, what are we going to watch? What have I been watching? But there's been two bigger movies that I've gone to see uh, within the past three weeks or so that were quite big for when they came out, but just didn't match up with times for me to actually go out and press record, set all this shit up and get going. But I'll do a quick little synopsis here. I went to see... Uh, the first one that was out a while ago, Alita Battle Angel. And that was kind of just a whim to go see it. I just, oh, what am I going to do today? I have time. Fuck it. I'll go see a movie. And Alita Battle Angel, I didn't really give a shit about it. Like, I, it just looked like one of those movies that like, eh, looks kind of fun. I'll, I'll go I'll go watch it. I have no idea what it's about. It's from manga, like Japanese manga, whatever. It's popular shit. And I honestly thought the movie was going to bomb. I thought the trailers made it look like just silly, but I couldn't tell which kind of silly was it. Is it going to be good, fun, silly, or is it going to be just absolutely ridiculous dog shit? <laughs> just heated up in microwave. I, I couldn't tell. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'll go for a matinee. It's going to be cheap as shit, whatever. I actually didn't mind it. I'm, I'm going to preface that with saying that it is, it's not great, but I, but I can see how it was massively successful. <clears throat> It made all the money. I can't. I don't have the facts with me right now, and and Wi-Fi here, where I'm staying is, has been down for about two weeks. I've been here for two weeks. It's been down for two weeks. Maybe you can get on for five minutes here and there, but all I know for for sure is that the data charges for everyone here is going to go through the fucking roof. But that's neither here nor there for right now. But it made all the money. Elite Battle Angel. The effects were cool. The actions, the action scenes were probably the best part of it. Um, 
yeah, it was just fun. The story is stupid. I couldn't give a shit. And the twist at the end with Edward Norton, don't care. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, guys, You, this is 54 episodes in now. You got to know that there's going to be spoilers all over the place, okay? I'll be getting into that later with our feature, which I'll come back to in a minute here. But it was just entertaining. It's one of those movies where you can just put on, you don't really have to give a shit about the plot. It's just, what is it? It's like rollerball, murder ball, or whatever the fuck it's called. (laughs) Those scenes are kind of cool. But anyway, the effects are cool. Action is cool. Stories, dog shit. Did I have a good time? Kind of. I mean, my expectations were like subterranean low (laughs) level of low, right? I didn't give a crap, but I had a good time and I can see this one being like getting on Netflix or some something sometime soon. And yeah, it's just one of those, just turn on the background. You don't have to really pay attention to it, but you can still enjoy it. Next moving on. I didn't really want to talk about that one too much, but Captain Marvel, that was huge. Came out on international women's day. My buddies and I, I think I came back the night before, but we, we were there on Friday, the, the opening day. We went to go see it, and it was just, it was okay. It was just fine. Did I enjoy it? Yes. Was I expecting a little bit more from it? Probably, just because of the way Marvel's running their ship now. Uh, did I, the action was fine, but I feel like they were a, a little bit missing compared to other Marvel movies. Again, this is an origin movie, so... I might just be that I'm just getting sick of these origin movies and I like superhero movies and I'm not saying this one's bad, but it kind of felt like a, I did enjoy a little bit more than Ant-Man, although I did, I really like Ant-Man because Paul Rudd, I'm a big Paul Rudd fan. He kind of carries that, that performance really well. And Brie Larson, she's awesome in this. I really enjoyed it. The whole, the whole twist with her mentor being the actual bad guy and she's, I didn't mind that. I can, I knew it was coming. Like you don't, need to be a genius to see that one coming from a mile away and especially like all these toys like the Funko Pops and all that shit even like Lego sets I try to avoid like going on all these like comic books movie sites and updates and all that crap because those fucking toys are huge spoilers they come out months before this shit comes out and you see all these little like Lego sets with like Hulkbuster armor or something I know that was a big spoiler for Avengers 2 or something like that or or just like some of the villains like right now, for example, like the new Spider-Man movie coming out. And these Lego sets are like giving away all the, these side villains that are going to be popping out. But back to Captain Marvel. It was really good. Well, not really good. Just good. It was just, it was serviceable. I was expecting more. I liked how the twist though, you're led to believe that the, the scrolls, all the green, like the stereotypical green alien men, shapeshifters, were... Uh, we're actually the good guys. And in the comics, they're, they're like invasion of the body snatchers. Pretty much these guys can take any form of any like living creature and just shape shift into them. So they had a, the big, the big comic arc is secret invasion, right? So this people thought it was going to lead up to that, but then they kind of do a little switcheroo scrolls are the sympathetic people, but at least in this movie, now that's not to say, like, I think Kevin Feige, the, the big head honcho of Marvel there, he was saying that like, oh, well, they're just like humans. They can they have the capacity for both good and evil. So maybe we're just seeing a small faction of these refugee scrolls and this intergalactic uh, police force that Captain Marvel is a part of or Carol Danvers is a part of. They're actually the bad guys or just 
couple dickheads. <laughs> All right. But the yeah, I just felt like there was something missing from it. Is it empowering? Hundred percent. It's really cool. I'm I'm and I'm really looking forward to see her interact, Brie Larson, Carol Danvers, her character, interact with the upcoming Avengers movie, Avengers Endgame, which looks unreal, by the way. I'm so excited for it. It's going to be pretty sweet. And it's going to be like an end of, again, I think Kevin Feige was saying that the Infinity Saga is what he's calling this. So this will wrap up and, and enter into a new new phase of the Marvel movies where I kind of hope they're they're going to break away from these origin movies. I think you can do an origin bit really quick. Um, I mean, I, I get that sh- this character isn't as huge as the other, um, like your Tony Starks, your Iron Man, your, your Spider-Man and all that stuff. And I get you need to have some sort of description there, but, or, or background knowledge, but still it's just, it starts repeating itself too much. And I think, you know, people are always talking about superhero fatigue and I'm a big superhero fan. I have a bunch of, you know, I have a bunch of posters and shit in my, in my place in Yellowknife, but I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting, I'm getting tired of it a little bit. I want to, I want to cut right to the meat and potatoes. I want, I want to see my action figures beat up other action figures and <laughs> do cool shit. Ah. Uh. Yeah, and then that's that's obviously made all the money as well. Again, I don't have all the facts with me. I have some of the facts for this the main topic, which we're going to get to. Speaking of uh, shape shifting and taking over identities and stuff, we're going to slide right into the feature this week, which I was super excited for. Another Jordan Peele original. Yes, that's right. The man who brought you Get Out and is fifty percent of the duo Key and Peele. We got us. Another horror suspense thriller movie by your boy. Now, people were kind of like, ooh, is this going to be able to live up to Get Out? Because Get Out was really good. I love that. The movie was good. Plot was good. Performances are great. The direction was awesome. Can he have that that much success? And does he? Absolutely. I loved Us. I have some gripes with it. I'll get to that later. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Buddy of mine here hopped uh, on the 417, found a movie theater, got a nice matinee for it. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Now, let's get what is us. Well, we open with a family. It is uh, husband, wife. I guess we don't open. Let me let me backtrack a little bit. You get flash flashbacks throughout the entire movie. So, little girl kind of separates from her family at this amusement park on the Santa Cruz boardwalk. She bumps into someone who looks exactly like her in a in a funhouse of mirrors, a mirror funhouse or whatever. Traumatizes her, or at least that's what we're led to believe. Traumatizes her. Didn't know what was going on. Freaks out. Now, present day, this is when, this was in 1986. Lots of fun little Easter eggs for the time. I think the Goonies is what, is on like a, a VHS where you see it in the TV reflection or a TV stand or something. You get Hands Across America, which is a huge... Um, I forget what it was for specifically. It was for some sort of... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Charity organization where everyone links hands and it's all hunky-dory. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't even born then. Christ. 
but that's on the TV and it's ads for that. And I forgot where I was going with this, but let's go back to the family. Flash forward. It's Adelaide. That's our main character, Adelaide. That was the, the young girl. She's now married to, uh, what's his name? Gabe. He is, these are both played by Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke. So we got Adelaide and Gabe. Uh, husband, wife, and they have their two kids. Let's see. I forget their names, but I'm going to give them credit here because they're really well. And da, 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 da. I think their kids' names are Zora. Let's see. Just give me a bear with me. Yeah, Zora and Jason. And they're played by... God, I'm using up all my data right now. <laughs> this is going to be fun trying to upload this later. Bear with me, folks. You probably guys are yelling at me right now. God damn it, Chris. Have this shit ready. Well, shut up. <laughs> this is my fucking podcast. <laughs> uh, God damn it. Okay, here we go. Shahadi Wright Joseph is Zora, and then Evan Alex is Jason. So... Nice little family. We we meet them. They're going on a little vacation to, I guess their their summer house, summer vacation house. They're gonna go to a day on the beach. And Gabe wants to show off to his new friends who are played by, uh, I know one is Elizabeth Moss, who's, from what I hear, I haven't watched the show, but apparently Handmaid's Tale is the shit, the bee's knees. I want to get into that, but again, no Wi-Fi. I can't really, <laughs> I can't watch it yet. So. And then <clears throat> of Tim and Eric Awesome Show fame, Tim Heidecker. They play the the other the couple's friends, and they're always trying to one up each other. It seems they have the and they have two uh, daughters as well. So they go to the beach, blah blah blah. Adelaide kind of tells Gabe that later on that she had this traumatic experience at the beach. That's why she was really hesitant. Um, that's after they go there. Meanwhile, at the beach, Jason sees a man kind of covered in blood with a red jumpsuit. That's kind of spooky, and he has eleven eleven on it. So, he, and that's indicative. That was a, kind of warps back to the flashback as well. You see a guy at the beach, and he has he's holding up a scripture, Jeremiah eleven eleven, which is it comes back over and over again that uh, that scripture. And I actually had to. It was bugging me. I really wanted to know what it was. Um, I was watching. The, I just had, I had to look it up. I had to look it up. So I'll read it out here. Um, see also references. All right, here we go. Let's do that. It was taking me too long. I had to pause, but you didn't know that. Let's go into it. All right. Jeremiah eleven eleven reads, Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. So that's not fucking evil at all. Jesus, that's it's kind of chilling, actually. That's in the Bible. It's a lot of chilling shit in the Bible, but that's that. I read that. I'm like, that's, that is frightening. <laughs> oh man. And I mean, it makes perfect sense to like that to tie it in the movie. So we see that, that, that repetitive, um, scripture reader pop up either if it's card carved on someone's forehead or on a sign or flashbacks all the time, you hear that or see it. But I like how they don't like, it's just there. You have to kind of figure it out on your own later. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked all the time. It's a, don't have someone to bounce off all these thoughts. I'm going all over the place. I don't do notes, so I probably should. I probably should, though. Show notes. Anyway. Anyway, we have the family. And one night, 
as Adelaide is telling Gabe of her, her childhood trauma, boom, power goes out. Kind of spooky. What timing? That's great timing. There's a family at the end of the driveway. And it really kicks off from here. It doesn't slow down at all from here on out. Family, this family terrorizes um, the Wilsons. I guess they're the Wilson family. And shit hits the fan. Like these, these, this family, they're all lined up. I think in the, you even see it in like when they're driving. You have like, you know, those stupid little family stickers on the back of like minivans and shit. Where you have like little stick figures. Oh, there's mom, dad, and the kids and dog or whatever the fuck. And they have that. And actually, it's they're the way the doppelgangers, these people, or I guess, spoiler, the, the doppelgangers are all lined up the way that the, they were on the sticker on the back of the Wilson's family car. So it's kind of cool where if you were able to pick that up because there's all sorts of these little Easter eggs. And I'm sure I've missed a handful, at least. I was looking over some some trivia and stuff. I missed a couple things. Um, but I wouldn't have really got it unless I really digged for it or while I was watching it because there's so much there's so much to already think about in this movie. It just keeps going. You have to, it's just questions, 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 questions. Anyway, let's get back to the house entry forced entry at that these this group of people they're all wearing Birkenstocks sandals red jumpsuits they're they have these leather gloves and they all have a pair of shears just giant pair of scissors they break into the family they start terrorizing the Wilsons and lo and behold guess what they're doppelgangers they're identical to the Wilsons and you explain how they, they call themselves the tethered. So pretty <laughs> kind of like the shadow people, the red who is Adelaide's doppelganger. She's the only one that can speak and it's very raspy. It's very, very off putting the way she speaks and awesome job by Lupita Nyong'o. She's already a phenomenal actress. She's great here. She really cares a movie. I think personally, they're all, they're all great. Cause again, they're, you're playing two different roles and, they're all creepy and <laughs> they're all creepy. And, and the fact that they can't speak other than, other than red Adelaide's doppelganger makes it even more disturbing because they just, they bark, they groan and it's kind of humorous in a way too. And I think that's what even my buddy was saying that he was surprised with the amount, the level of humor in this, but it's Jordan Peele. Like he got, you got to know that he's going to sprinkle in his, his own flavor, his own flavor, his own brand. I mean, He's been known for comedy, and now guess what? He's going to get known for horror, I think, because um, he, he's on a tear. And I'm really excited. I know he's attached to the next Twilight Zone coming out. I don't know if it's going to be like a series or or a movie or whatever it is, but I know he's attached to it. I don't know if he's going to be directing and writing it, but I have 100 percent faith in this guy. So we're back in kind of shit hits the fan. I'm not going to go right into crazy details and go back into specific scenes that I liked and disliked, but. From there, you know, doppelgangers, they, they all split off and start attacking their own individual opposite. So Red stays with Adelaide, Gabe goes with Abraham, his his doppelganger, and the, and the kids go with their own respective ones. Jason gets locked in a closet with his doppelganger with a burnt, messed up face. And Zora, she, she's known for track. She just hits the road running, and her doppelganger, I think you four is... I forget the doppelganger's name for her, but always smiling with the the slick back hair, <sighs> creepy. That smile never stops, and the the fact that they all have like these sunken in eyes a little bit, 
so off-putting but just that's what it's for <laughs> you, you wanted to get a horror movie you want a thriller movie you want to feel super fucking uncomfortable for two hours all right well this is what this is, this is what you signed up for so yeah they go their own ways they all have their different experiences with them and all of a sudden they're not the only ones being attacked it's a, a it's just it's hitting the fan all over the place shit is hitting the fan everywhere it's not just them all these other doppelgangers are coming out of nowhere i think the the other family there elizabeth moths and tim heidecker's family they get attacked murdered just ruthlessly with these shears my question is where are they getting this where are they getting this stuff it's all perfect like do they sharpen their shears before they come up like they don't have any other weapons just thousands of pairs of scissors and a and a red jumpsuit sweet sandals where can i where can i find some of those sweet burks baby fuck (laughs) one size fits all i guess anyways let's get into what i liked besides mostly all of this the uh, there's not well i'm gonna say the action but like the the set pieces for when they're like kind of fighting each other or really cool i enjoyed uh like the dad humor from from Winston Duke, he's he's just like a typical typical dad who he just he tries to be intimidating, but he's just not because he's such a he's a lovable, just a dad. He's a typical like dad. He's making dad jokes most of the time. Really funny. Um, let's see his little fight with his doppelganger is kind of cool. Like, before I actually you know before I get into things that I, that I liked here, I'm gonna get into things. One thing that I didn't like. So many stupid fucking choices. Why are these characters always so dumb? It's so dumb. I want just smart decisions. Not not just even smart, but realistic decisions. Like the, da- the dad, for example, Winston Duke, he, he's just such a beta. He's such a beta. There's so many opportunities where you can just kind of like just survive a little bit better, dude. You know, you're getting... You have a baseball bat. You're getting your house broken into, and like you just been assaulted. Like you got your baseball bat stolen. You got your knee like almost caved in, and and then once you get the baseball bat and they start running at you again, defend yourself, dude. Man, do better. Like it's just it's just so frustrating. Like just he does eventually, but god damn it, finish it. The the girl, the teenage girl, has more of a killer instinct or survival instinct than. And Adelaide gets there, but then all of them, God, it's just, uh, it's so frustrating as a viewer. Like I obviously it's fiction, but like, what would you do in that situation? Like I, if I'm being assaulted. I'm going to defend myself. Just, or, you know, your family, there's four of them. There's four intruders. You don't know. Anyway, that really pissed me off. And there's a couple instances throughout the movie where it's just, they don't, you know, and you see in Zombieland, what's an important rule? The double tap. Go back and finish the business. Shit. I don't even, I don't even care. Fucking break their kneecaps in. <laughs> Do something. Just survive better. Survive better. Maybe you'd still have a knee. I don't know. That was my main bugaboo that was just pissing me off. I'm tired of that. I'm tired. I want realistic characters. Give me a character... Or a group of characters that are, that are like the stoner fella from uh, Cabin in the Woods, who's just always calling out the bullshit in the scenarios and just like what? Wait, what? 
No, this is stupid. I want that. I want that. We can't have everything though. Now that was the main thing I didn't like, but that's just me moving forward now. What I did like performances, phenomenal performances. As I mentioned earlier, earlier, Lupita Nyong'o, definitely the highlight of the film, I think for sure. Um, what else we got here? The direction, Jordan Peele knocks it out of the park again. His direction is awesome. The way, <clears throat> just the way he, he, he's, shoots his angles his shots where people are right in the middle of the, of the screen and they follow them like super close-ups eyes you get a lot of obviously a lot of reflection being associated here like seeing the doubles right you get a house of mirrors just little things like that or even like when when Adelaide is getting her head shoved down against the coffee table again you see a reflection off of that with with her doppelganger like forcing her head down so you get a lot of that. It's just shot really well. And, and the movements of the characters, awesome. Like the little Pluto, just super, like he's wearing a gimp mask for Christ's sake. It's a, he's probably like nine, 10 years old and he's wearing a gimp mask. Like it's just fucking, ugh, it's, it's, it's disturbing. And what helps with this, um, this whole atmosphere that are going with these, these shots and the way he's filming it music the music being being used in here really really good use of music like the trailer you know i got five on it super eerie they kind of slow it down like i got five on it Mm, like that song and they played a couple times here with like differing you have the real one they have a slowed down more eerie version um you get like a lot of string background music to to set the mood it's like a lot of like plucky strings and they all don't really go together so it makes it feel it adds to kind of like the the, the, can't speak god damn it the disjointed movements of the characters so you're getting all of this at once that just builds up the the whole feeling of just uncomfortable i was uncomfortable i was on the edge of my seat for a lot of it um so that's awesome i really credit jordan peele for that Phenomenal job, job directing. Can't wait to see what he does next moving forward. Another one last thing I got I to gotta mention here. I really enjoy it. He does, he does really well at Jordan does. Jordan Peele. Jordan. As if I, I know him on a first name basis. Yeah, my buddy Jordan. You know, you may know him. He's a famous director. Uh, no, Jordan Peele. He's really good at showing you. He's developing the story with the audience he's it's and he's taking his time this movie's two hours i think two hours just under two hours just over two hours he is taking his time it, fe- it felt long it did it, it, w- it was long at points but that's because i want answers but he's he's showing you answers not telling you answers he kind of gets that at the end where red and adelaide have the final little showdown and it's a brutal little showdown by the way a lot of a lot of stabby stabby action. So if you don't like people getting murked with knives or shears, yeah, you might feel a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, just kind of shake it off a little bit. You know, you get that little chill down your spine. But he's really good at just kind of developing those answers. But if if you re- you really need to know absolutely everything there is to know about this plot at the end of the movie, well, guess what? Tough shit. You're not getting it. <laughs> you're not getting it. You're going to have so many questions that are left unanswered. And guess what? It's going to be 
fucking frustrating because I want to know as again, guys, how many times have I gone over this on this podcast? Just ad nauseum at this point where I'm like, I want to know, I want to know, but don't you fucking tell me I like the mystery, but shit, I want to know. I want to know, but I'm glad they, I'm glad I have more, more questions because that just makes it even more disturbing. It makes the, the impact of the, of the film, the horror element of it last longer because you don't know and guess what not having knowledge scares the shit out of people because you're just left with without a paddle you're left without a paddle you got no life preserver you're foxville but i like that i like that some people are really outraged that i don't get it well guess what you're stupid (laughs) you're really not kind of supposed to get it yes it's there, you can take this, like, there's all sorts of deep meanings. This movie is a giant metaphor. It's literally us versus them, essentially. It's the fear of the other, the xenophobic other. I guess not. I guess the other wouldn't be xenophobic, but society as a general, you know, class versus, like, upper class, lower class, middle class. You have levels in society. And this one, they just kind of, they literally have these people below ground, like subterranean. So they're obviously beneath us, right? At least that's that's the whole metaphor of it. That's what I got out of it. The whole get out was more of a, a racial um, message, obviously. This one, sure, there, there there can be definitely intonations of you know race being being that, but I think it's I think it's mainly class. And again, it's up to your interpretation. Like there, you can go a thousand different ways. I'm not going to get into that too much because guess what? I'm not a film major. This is armchair reviews for a reason. But that's what class versus class, literally. And then the whole just kind of yourself, the, the fight against yourself, your inner battle, kind of. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making this shit up. Very well might be. Who knows? But yeah, the, there's so many questions. And like the whole rabbit thing, I guess they're eating raw meat and rabbits just, you know, there's always making new rabbits if you know what i mean so i guess that's their food let's get into the tethered though i'm gonna get into the tethered right now just give it give a little more information there we're led to believe now this is where they kind of where i wasn't too too much of a fan of where uh, red is talking to adelaide again at the final showdown and she says oh we're we're a failed government experiment we were sent to or made to take over the people in the above world and to control society a little bit. So the opening you, you see like, Oh, there's thousands of miles of underground tunnels and blah, 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 blah. So that's where these people live underground, just miles and miles of endless hallways. And I guess they're eating rabbit for food. And I guess it's described that they don't have a soul. They're missing They're They can be They're Everything like perfectly like clones essentially they don't they don't go into how they're made again it's just a government experiment that fucked off and the government just took off they just like all right well this didn't work let's just leave all these clones in a basement unattended and leave them to their own devices it'll be fine it'll be fine it'll be fine someone dropped the ball on that one because a lot of people died because of that shit but yeah they're so they're soulless and they're mirrored reflections so really before Red kind of makes this whole uprising, you 
you kind of see little glimpses of how she grew up in this underground living environment where everyone is just mimicking their above ground doppelganger. They're up their actual person they're cloned off of. They're mimicking their, their actions. And again, that's, it's a scene that's kind they cut it with the flashback of the, of the, the mom and dad of, of Adelaide, who, by the way, I'll mention this right now, played by Anna Diep, who is on the new DC Titans show. She plays Starfire, I think it is. And then also the, the, the dad of Adelaide, he plays Black Manta in the Aquaman movie. So you get two uh, DC universe actors coming in to, to play mom and dad there. That's just, just kind of a nice little fun fact for you guys. Um, what is that gentleman's name, by the way? Here it is. Okay, so Yahya Abdul-Mateen the second, or junior. I guess it's just the second. He's going by the second, so we'll call him the second. Yeah, yeah, cool. So that's nice. He's again small, small roles, but but you see them walking up top, like the actual versions of them at the at the carnival or the the boardwalk, um, the Santa Cruz boardwalk, and kind of like shimmying and kind of dancing with the music, and then it cuts down to the underground version, like the the, the clone, and they're kind of shimmying too, but there's no context, and or, there is context, but there's no background music they're just kind of like shuffling it just seems weird when they're just in a blank hallway it's really unsettling and like even the people that you know cuts this people on the roller coaster you see people on a, on a roller coaster and then their doppelgangers are like stuffed into this like this classroom type thing and they're they're reacting or shaking as if they're on a roller coaster but they're just standing really kind of creepy to, to look at but again no one's speaking they, they don't speak they just grunt and shit but but Red can. She's the only one. Oh, they have their showdown. That's really cool. Blah, blah, blah. Then you see how it's affecting the everyone else. Like it's not just, as I said, it's not just a home invasion movie. It, 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 it expands elsewhere. And this is where, you know, you can have a sequel if you want. But again, I think you can just have this as a standalone. I don't know if this is going to be, I think there's rumblings that maybe this might be linked to the Get Out movie as well that's all all same universe type thing i don't think you need to do that though like you really no ah stop trying to make universes happen like movie universes happen if it happens cool but just have one off you can just have a one-off i like the questions here guys i don't need a follow-up to keep going like maybe again yes it'd be fine but i feel sometimes when you have the sequels it ruins the impact of the original this original will have a better impact if you don't have a sequel, in my humble opinion. But you see them, they're all doing hands across America. So you start thinking, okay, well, this is kind of a, an outdated thing. Well, that's from 1986. What's going on here? You can kind of, kind of start as a viewer if you're actively paying attention to this movie. You, the wheels in your head are already turning. And I, like, there's a twist here. There's a big twist. For me... I kind of could see it coming from a mile away. Like it, you, you, you don't need to be paying that much attention to be honest with you, but the twist wasn't all that twisty. It led to believe that it was Adelaide and red, you know, fighting each other and Adelaide's the mom, but whoops, whoopsie daisies. The flashback expands at the end of the movie, right at the end. It was like the, I see dead people, the whole twist. Oh shit. Adelaide is red. Red is Adelaide. 
What? You mean she's from the underground? Adelaide is actually red? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. You, you go to the flashback again when Adelaide, OG Adelaide goes in that house of mirrors. Red chokes that motherfucker out. <laughs> she chokes her out, brings her downstairs, drags her to the, the underground facility, cuffs her, cuffs her to her bed, takes her Michael Jackson thriller t-shirt, puts it on. Boom, takes her place. And it goes back into that whole therapy session where the, the parents, they're like, I just want my little girl back. I just want my little girl back. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> like she, she's not just saying that. Like, oh, you know, she, like she's traumatized. You know, she's left. No, no. Like she, <laughs> it's, it's almost like she knows. Like it's kind of funny the way it's worded. Like I want my little girl back. Like it's, it's not her daughter. It really isn't. And you just thought like she was traumatized, but no, no, it's an entirely different person. So this person is in a shell. She, she starts learning the language. She has all the things that, that Adelaide had. And now she's learning to, she, well, she obviously learned how to just be a human or act like a human. And then on the same, same version, the real Adelaide or who we're led to believe is red. She she devolves. She like she's the only one that can speak because she could speak beforehand, before she got kidnapped or whatever. Or they'll switch Rue. That's why she can speak. So there's little clues that like why is why is she so special? You know, she had the first interaction with the, with the clone. So again, little bits and pieces here that you can definitely definitely kind of figure out and not be too too surprised when it happens, but makes perfect sense. And then also her like demonstration where the of course, like that was the last thing she saw was hands across America was on that TV. So what is everyone doing? They're doing hands across America. And <laughs> literally, literally they are tethered together. They are, they're holding hands like, ah, oh. it's kind of just in your face a little bit like that. This, just, <laughs> you have the whole symbology of like when, when Red slash Adelaide cuts the, the the paper chain of stick figures, finally untethered. Anyway, I won't get... Uh, there's, there's so many things. Like, I, I was initially going to do this right... I was going to do this podcast right after... Uh, right after watching the movie. But I actually... I had everything set up here, and then my computer decided to update and took 14 hours to finish or whatever the hell... So I just left it. Didn't take that long. I just didn't have the patience to wait for an update. But I'm glad because now I have time to like. I'm I'm thinking about. It. I'm digesting everything. There's gonna be so many things that you can pick apart from this movie and like, and realize and come back to and be like, oh wait, but does it mean this? Does it mean that? Us? Them? Am I a doppelganger? I don't even know. Questions, 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 questions. And I'm sure like if. If you have any questions, like what are your questions? I want to know your questions. Email, email the show. Oh my God, and audio at gmail.com. O H M Y G O D I N audio at gmail.com. I want to know your questions. Seriously. <laughs> Cause I got plenty, you know, and I'm, and they're just going to keep coming. They're just going to keep coming. And I'm, and I'm going to see it again. Not probably in theaters. But I'm going to wait till it comes back out for, for rent or digital download or whatever the hell. I want to see it again because there's going to be, now that I've seen the, full thing I want to go back and like 
pick apart all these little Easter eggs. Like you get a lot of Goonies references where you got a lot of underground action in that movie. Um, you get Chud. I think it's a cannibalistic humanoid underground something. <laughs> another another older movie reference that they that they have in there. But I think that'll be good for that. Now, kind of just a, a little bit change of direction here. You see a lot of the influences that this that that Jordan Peele brings to the table for this. You get a lot of obviously your home invasion movies. I got mixed in with some other stuff, obviously because of how wacky and kind of outlandish it gets. But you know, you get. I was thinking of the Strangers. I think that came out in two thousand eight. Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman. That movie was super creepy, and it just ends. It just it just ends, and it's there's no point. Like the whole like, why are you doing this? Well, you were home, <laughs> so, so you get that home invasion that that really claustrophobic. Um, you know, you're stuck in your own house, being hunted down in your own house. That the fact of you know you feel like someone's watching you or in your own living space. It's a it's a violation. It is a violation of you, of your space, of everything. That's what's kind of so uncomfortable with those movies and watching them because it is just, that's the best word I can describe it as a violation. So you get that. Another one that I actually, I really like this movie. It's a, there's an original, I think that came out in 97 and then the remake by the remake was done by the same director. Uh, Funny games. I think it was originally a Swedish film. I think I saw the original and I also saw the, the remake. The remake has the Tim Roth, Michael Pitt and Naomi Watts really again really good kind of just fucked up again another home invasion where there's just ultra violence for the sake of ultra violence why not again I'd really recommend that um, either one they're both equally disturbing they're, but I like uh, Michael Pitt's performance in the in the remake quite a bit he's just he's I find him to be a pretty good actor so um Again, Sixth Sense, the the whole twisty twisty McGee at the end there, you get a lot of that, uh, and even The Shining. You know, as I was saying, like the the family friends, they have two daughters, right? You can get a whole lot of imagery associated with the the twins from The Shining. You know how they're how they're kind of just always together. You know, even when they're when they're murdered, and then when they're laying on the ground, it's very reminiscent of how those twins in the flashbacks of the shining, how, how their bodies are kind of positioned in the death scenes and stuff. So you get that. And even kind of making fun of, of Jason for playing instead of like, Oh, do you want to play with us from the shining? Is like, these kind of, they're kind of mocking him for playing in the sand or whatever. So you see those, those, those things. If you, if you're into like a lot of horror stuff, I think there's a couple other things that, Jordan Peele had said in an interview where he got his his um, motivations or his inspiration, I should say. But those ones, for me, I can I can easily see all of that and then the accumulation together to bring this movie. Um, and just like just shout outs too, you know, you get you know Michael Jackson Thriller for Christ's sake, all these little tidbits all across. Like that's what I want. I think there's a, re- a good good amount of rewatchability here just so that you can pick up on all these little things. I find that really fun for me too, especially when this movie 
because you're you're just thinking and thinking and thinking you're like what did i just watch like <laughs> you, like i think i feel it's important to kind of go over it again now that you've had time to digest and, and see what you can pick up so that being said this movie crushed it at the box office north american box office i think it had over 70 million in domestic domestically united states and canada that's insane for for a horror movie i think even today today is the 24th of march came out that this is the highest grossing original horror movie of all time for a single weekend debut that's massive it beat out a quiet place that's unreal a quiet place was dope that movie's sick really good movie i mean we did an episode on it for christ's sake awesome good movie this one beat it so people are paying attention to this mr peel and for good reason so yes it's it's successful. I'm, I'm kind of sick of this whole bullshit where it's like, oh, this horror movie. Like, people shit on horror movies, and rightfully so. Like, I love horror movies, but most of the time they're dog shit. Let's be serious. Let's be serious. Like, it's a fun, fun genre, but I feel like when you have good ones like this, you have Get Out, you have Us, that really make, that have, you know, actual messages, you know, it's. They, they kind of get like pigeonholed. I was like, oh, it's good for a horror film. No, fuck you. It's a good movie. If it's a good movie, it's a good movie. It shouldn't just be with, come with an asterisk. And I feel like that a lot of people do that. Oh, it's good for a, for a comedy. It's good for a, a drama. It's good for a horror. Piss off. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. And and they should be recognized for it. They really should. It's and it's getting better. Like I mean, I don't like really like awards fucking bullshit anyway but if it's good it's good all right that being said i think that just about covers us i think so i think i'm just gonna wrap it up anyway here again the next podcast do i'm probably gonna have more thoughts to go over this and maybe i can get my buddy that that came to see it with me maybe he has some some other things to to mention as well so where can you find us guys where you can find this episode where you can find the other episodes of armchair reviews well you can find them everywhere got itunes spotify uh used to be soundcloud i don't know if we still upload there anymore but um google play big one i like my google play for my podcast stitcher all that good stuff you can find just google us google me armchair reviews uh podcast put, put podcast again armchair reviews podcast into the google search you'll see us all the episodes are there boom uh email the show as i said oh my god an audio at gmail.com i i'm on twitter i'm trying to i'm posting a little couple more things here and there but uh the show is at armchair pod i'm at christoph godden on the twitter sphere why my my personal instagram is at christopher gods as well as the armchair reviews uh, instagram page is just at armchair reviews simple enough am i right yes of course all right guys i think that's it though Next week, I don't know what's coming out, but I know Shazam should be coming out soon. Another kind of superhero origin, so we'll see. We got pretty much two Captain Marvel, two different types of Captain Marvels uh, in the same year. So we'll see how this one does in the DC universe, if it's going to shit the bed or if it's going to be a fun time. I just don't know when that's coming out. So I'll try to I'll try to be doing this every week again, though, guys. I'll have access to a real theater. Yes, a real theater, not just the Yellowknife Theater with three screens. So I'll have some time too for the other bigger movies that are that are going to be coming out for the next uh, few months here. Keep you guys posted with with uh, new stuff and thanks again as always for listening. 
Until next time, friends, thank you so much. Catch you later.